Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're in person, an episode in person. We are at the OnFleet headquarters in San Francisco. Super excited for Mikel, the VP of Engineering and a founder of OnFleet, a company that's near and dear to my heart. If you watch this show, you know that. We get into all things OnFleet, the history, why it's great for the cannabis industry, why you should try it for free. We talk about Mikel's background, his fight for cannabis throughout his life in places where you may be not supposed to have cannabis. He knew better. Guys, it's an awesome episode. One of my favorites with a dear friend, my favorite company in the world. You're going to learn a ton. I learned a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Mikel, it is so good to see you, my friend. Likewise. This is so overdue, this episode. Um, if not for OnFleet, I don't think that this show would exist. I, I really believe that. Wow. Um, and I'm going to do some more sentimental videos in the future. Yeah. But you guys allowed me to do this in a time where it was kind of controversial in 2015 or so to have a software sales dude that are making weed yeah. podcasts on the internet. But anyway, I digress. Um, we have so much to talk about today. I'm so excited that you guys wanted to do this. Um, we are very good friends. We are. I'm going to do my best to keep it as professional as possible. Same we, here. We certainly will digress from time to time. That's okay. Um, I've had lots of friends on this show. Having Sabo on the show is a disaster. We're always so <laughs> high and and yeah. just like, meh, all the time, you know? So Do you remember great. that thing that we did? Did you come to Meadow that day? You came, right? I believe so. That yes. was so fun. <laughs> I got to do that again. I got to do that again. Um, I've been looking forward to having this conversation because the on-fleet cannabis story is so authentic. Like, it is so authentic. You guys are the weed industry, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and how you came there. Uh, because not only is the company very authentic to the cannabis industry, you are very authentic to the cannabis industry. Um, you are a big consumer yourself, an advocate in the world. Uh, I don't want to put too many words in your <laughs> mouth, but we're good friends. Um, but let's just start maybe at a high level. Just what is OnFleet maybe? Yes. So we are a company uh, that makes uh, fleet management software for last mile delivery. Um, you know, started uh, back in 2014, pivoted from a different company. Been working with my co-founders for, for almost 10 years at this point. But uh, now we have folks all over the world uh, helping us develop and sell this uh, amazing product that helps so many uh, small, medium and large businesses mm -hmm. with their delivery needs. So, I want to get into the background of that because it's a really great story. Uh, but just at a high level, give us a sense of the scale. Um, how many customers in the world? How many? As much as you want to, yeah. you want to release. Yeah, yeah. we've got over a thousand customers worldwide. Uh, I think our, our you know our focus uh, is mostly Western Europe and North America, but you know we obviously have customers all over the world. You know. Uh, from from Iceland. You know how many countries at this point? It's a lot. Uh, it, it's probably over 60. Yeah, which uh, is super cool. Uh, it's presented some interesting challenges mm -hmm. uh, as far as delivering our products in some of these places, ensuring, you know, delivery of, of SMS messages and voice calls. But um, yeah, people find us now and uh, sign up and get set up and grow with us. And 
I think most importantly, their drivers are very happy to be using our apps. Well, it makes their life a hell of a lot easier. Um, this piece of content is obviously about cannabis, but you guys work across a whole bunch of different verticals. Tell, tell me about all the different things that you deliver in the sure. world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we deliver COVID tests and blood and conventional flowers, uh, you know, for uh, various, uh, you know, Valentines and all that. Uh, liquor, you know, prescription medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, we also work with folks that uh, collect things uh, for uh, servicing or, you know, old Christmas trees, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Prepared meals. Yeah. There's, there's a lot, whole grocery, lot of grocery, vegetables. Yeah. Every kind of food you can imagine. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, but, you know, cannabis is 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 really uh, where we got started. Yeah. So tell me, uh, let's go back to the start of the story. It was a previous company. Uh, tell me about Addy a little bit and where that came from. Yeah. So first it was Tiny Adder and then Addy. But uh, uh, Khaled, David, and I, uh, in, you know, late 2011, uh, started tinkering with various ideas. And um, ultimately, we, uh, we landed on this... Uh, need to resolve uh, street addressing uh, problems uh, in, in emerging markets. Uh, Khaled and I uh, went, to, went to high school in Dubai where, you know, we, we saw this issue firsthand uh, daily. Uh, you know, how the hell do I describe where I am for whatever? I think right? this is something that <laughs> Americans can't quite relate to in the same way. But addresses in other countries, particularly really old cities, yeah. it's impossible. It's so difficult. So your original idea was for consume. Who was going to use this product? So uh, there were a few different parties that, that would interact. Uh, I mean, mostly we started thinking about consumers, uh, you know, folks that uh, want to sort of own their address, right, and, and be able to share it and, and all that, right? But then we realized that we also had to make maps uh, for these consumers to uh, find their address, uh, you know, on while shopping online and things like that. And so... Folks that had these online stores also needed the maps. And then, well, you know, there, there needs to be an API for it, all this. So it became uh, like an end-to-end -end geospatial uh, platform, uh, which we renamed the Addy uh, around the concept of uh, these short URLs that, mm -hmm. that you could share and create and all that. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. You could check in, you know, you could uh, have different functionality embedded within your address. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we, we realized that, you know, the the... We raised some money, went through an accelerator at Stanford, uh, Stardex, and not just any accelerator, by the sure. way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was. Tell me about the the time that you met uh, Holland and David. Yeah. And that combination. Yeah, yeah. So they were both uh, graduate students at Stanford, uh, and uh, I was living in Toronto, uh, actually working on a different startup, and. Um, you know, Khalid uh, had got into the business school and was having, having some ideas. And he obviously, uh, you know, him and I are, are very close friends now. But at the time, we, we, we knew each other and he knew me as... You went to high school together, but you were not friends. Is that correct? That's right. Not yeah. The, yeah, he was a year older. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was uh, always there early in the morning, you know, in the computer lab. And in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, the American school there. And mm -hmm. uh, so we reconnected uh, in earnest, uh, you know, when he, when he went to Stanford. And I was also starting to think, you know, what can I do? You know, kind of had that um, tingle. And so, yeah. David was already at Stanford uh, doing his master's in computer science. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, Khaled and David met. And then, you know, we all three of us connected. 
And uh, I started working remotely from Toronto. I quit my job, you know, we raised some some friends and family. That's a big moment, right? It was huge. Yeah, yeah that was, the f- you know, obviously my wife has been super supportive all along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that first time. Were you guys quit. married at that point? Almost. 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 So yeah. she's like, what the? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got married within like eight months of this or got something. It. Shout uh, out, Katie. Yeah. Um, okay. And tell me about the different skill sets here. Like. What do you bring? What is yeah. Holland was getting MBA, so that's yeah. obvious. He became the CEO. But yeah. tell me about you and David and sort of how you split yeah. up the duties here. Yeah, so we're all engineers. Khaled's a computer engineer. Mm-hmm. David and I uh, are computer scientists. But uh, yes, he, he took the business side of things, yeah. obviously. Uh, you know, David uh, is, uh, you know, a terrific uh, programmer. Uh, and brilliant. That's mind. an understatement. Uh, yes, it is. You're it too is. humble. <laughs> so, so he's, you know, our, our deep tech, uh, founder, if you will, I, uh, sort of sat a little bit, uh, higher level, you know, infrastructure and, and, you know, all that other stuff and support and success, all the things you get to do initially, you know, when you don't have more folks and then Khalid was, was more like strategy and, uh, you know, sales and fundraising. And, and mm-hmm. then he went on to becoming our CEO. Um, uh, the VPN, uh, managing our, our engineers and, and David's our CTO. So, and, and tell me the difference. I think you just did, but VP of engineering versus a CTO, how did you sort of divide that up? Yeah. So, I mean, the VP of engineering, uh, you know, manages, uh, engineering managers and directors. And, and, you know, I used to manage all of our engineers before mm-hmm. we had, we hired a director of engineering where CTO is, is, is purely technical, you know, still an individual contributor. Uh, you know, uh, many of them still uh, program, you know, much of the time, but they're also, uh, you know, involved with, uh, you know, architectural mm-hmm. tech related, uh, you know, strategic decision making mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, critical uh, differentiation. And in fact, you know, I also, um, you know, have a responsibility to empower the CTO, uh, you know, to, to do their best. Right. Uh, by I, I, Is it too strong to say you're there to protect Sure. The yeah, CTO. I mean, That's the way it appeared to me when I joined the company in <laughs> 2015 or so. Um, as a sales guy, it was like, look, Mikel is here to make sure you don't talk to David. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's yeah, too no, strong. But I, I, yeah. think, I think, yeah, um, ultimately, you know, um, engineers uh, have to make a lot of, um, you know, engineers have to make a lot of decisions as to, you know, how they spend their time and when there's coding to be done and code reviews and, you know, testing and all that. Uh, I, I, I do tend to get a bit protective of that. And I think, you know, uh, as you should, yeah. Allowing our organization to communicate with the rest of the company in efficient ways. I think it's, it's been a good strategy, I would say. Um, and it, and, I think it's important to say the strategy is very much dependent on the personnel that you have, you know? I mean, if you have a lot of centers and tall basketball players, you want to play a certain way, right? And that's what fit you and David, and it's been successful. Um, Let's get technical here for just a second while we're talking about VP of Eng and whatnot. What's sort of the backbone of OnFleet, the technology here, without giving away too much about the algorithm and all that, like... Mm -hmm. What's the IP here? What's the real like valuable piece? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, we obviously build a lot of uh, our own logic around, you know, how to assign work to drivers in efficient ways. Uh, We leverage, you know, best in class uh, technologies, uh, internal and external in order to, you know, make these these uh, decisions. Uh, And so I would say, you know, the way that we uh, allow these organizations to collaborate, um, you know, in ways that are uh, efficient and private, privacy preserving 
uh, I think our, the, the data model that we've built, um, you know, is um, lends itself really well to the many delivery uh, problems that exist. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I would say that uh, much of our tech revolves around the data model and how uh, we use it within our systems, uh, you know, optimization, uh, how we, uh, you know, provide analytics. Uh, mm -hmm. And ultimately, you know, there's a lot of uh, fancy coding in our driver apps. You know, it's not easy to build these apps that, uh, you know, are so mission critical to drivers that have to operate in. And if you think it's easy, go test a few of the lesser competitors. Sure. Yeah. Read the reviews. Read the reviews. Just try it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to use, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you almost, yeah, you want to really battle test these apps, mm -hmm. you know, before you, you make a choice. Um, beyond that, I think, you know, we, we have a really good API. Uh, you know, we have really resilient systems. What does uh, a really good API mean? I think a good API has to be fast. Uh, it has to be well documented. Uh, it has to include, um, you know, reasonable errors that can be uh, easily developed against uh, in order to react to, to issues which, which will arise uh, from, you know, the difference in states between the client and server and things like that. Um, you know, I think a good API has a solid status page. Uh, you know, um, it is uh, something that has many components to which you can subscribe in case there's, uh, you know, incidents and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And ultimately, uh, it has to be well supported. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be a team behind it. They have to be. Uh, I think that's the piece that's so critical. Just from remembering selling on fleet and talking to a lot of people and people that came over is actually like people would build a decent software, but it's expensive to maintain it. And mm -hmm. to have the engineers be on top of it, and that's the thing that they never supplied. They yep. never could do. Right. Yeah. You wanna you wanna know where in the world the support team is, the you know the languages they can speak, the rotations that are in place during the weekend, mm. Uh, mm. you know after hours handling of emergencies, um, both you know, on the technical and non technical exactly. side. Right. Yeah. 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 And so you know through the years we've built, uh, you know while. Uh, you know, not being a huge company, we've built a lot of sophisticated processes and workflows and, and tooling that allow us to, to deliver this product uh, worldwide in a, in a mission critical way. So one of the really cool things about OnFleet is that you design specific features for specific segments, right? And even though they don't have a different product, over time, the features required for the cannabis industry have crept into the product. Let's talk about some of those because some of them are very simple, but very, very powerful. And the one that comes to mind is the ability to sort of stop tracking the driver, right? Um, talk about a little bit about that and why that was yeah. important. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, from the beginning, we, we have always cared a great deal about privacy. Uh, you know, we uh, personally, uh, you know, as founders, uh, you know, privacy is one of the, one of the top, concerns when it comes to the software we use and, and develop and deliver. Um, and so obviously, you know, in the medical days, we, you know, we, we saw how important privacy was to cannabis. And so having operated in the medical days uh, with people who are, uh, uh, you know, customers and partners that are much more paranoid than they are today mm. uh, has allowed us to understand really, you know, what sort of control do these companies want to have over what it is that the delivery recipient gets via text and what they can see uh, through web uh, at different stages of the delivery, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, for us to be able to make that completely configurable um, 
uh, you know, and for the temps of the messages to be completely configurable, uh, you know, I think has been essential uh, yeah. for our Canada's customers. I think it really has. I mean, in practice, I, I love Flowerco. I order from Flowerco all the time, mm-hmm. which is a long-term cannabis customer. I might have sold monthly <laughs> to Flowerco. I don't know. It's been a while ago. <laughs> but when I get a Flowerco delivery, what this means in practice is that they give me an ETA. Onfleet gives me an ETA. But then I can only track the driver physically on the map once I'm the next delivery. That's right. That's pretty powerful if you're a yeah. cannabis delivery company because there's been a lot of different problems with all sorts of things with cannabis delivery. Um, and so that's just one of many things in OnFleet that have been really thought through from a cannabis perspective that you're not going to get from an off-the-shelf yeah. sort of like legacy whatever software. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, very precious cargo, uh, you know, and I would say you, you got to think about not just the recipient where they can see before and after, but also folks that might be trying to get at those locations, right? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of uh, actors out there yes. that, you know, might want to understand where cannabis is. And, and so, uh, you know, these are publicly uh, accessible tracking pages that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to protect in, in many different ways. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we think about that a lot. And OnFleet has become... A very trusted source for this. Um, I'll make an additional video about this sometime, but we actually were very instrumental in doing the first deliveries in San Jose. Kaliva, now of huge fame and Jay Z fame, left coast fame, um, they came to us and said, We want to do delivery, but we don't know how to do it. And that's an amazing place to be in. That sort of yeah. thought leadership position. And myself and Joe Kennedy, we went to San Jose. We met with the police department. We showed them how to use OnFleet. Like when I say that OnFleet is a cannabis industry, like I mean that, you know, mm-hmm. like we we grew up with it, right? Um, and yeah. that's really important, I think, if you're someone that's thinking about starting a delivery cannabis business in Oklahoma or Arizona or a small market, New York and New Jersey, you're just coming online, right? OnFleet has the experience, the the track record of what that progression in the cannabis industry looks like. And they can be here with you every step of the way, which you just don't find other places. You really don't. Most of the time when you sign up for software or a bank account or any kind of account in the cannabis industry, they kind of look at you strange, right? It's not like that here. Right. Yeah. For for many, many years, we've been having these conversations with our customers, uh, you know, police departments, uh, you know, state uh, legislatures, um, you know, really trying to understand uh, this, this nascent industry and how it is that our software can uh, exist within it uh, and, and become the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and that's by, I think, embracing it uh, and uh, being friendly to these folks. Uh, and uh, and also to the police. I remember. I think I was probably still on uh, support duties at the time when you were with us, and and you know seeing those tickets from the police department. Uh, you know, uh, wild. <laughs> the initial reaction, you know, was like, wow, wild. what is what is going on here? Let me be very careful. Uh, but uh, you know, there are conversations that we need to be having. Mm-hmm. I had several long conversations, long meetings. This was months and months of work. Um, with the police department in San Jose. Some very cool guys. I won't mention their name because we're going to put this on the internet, but I would often say to them, do you know how rad this is for me 
that I'm having a conversation about how to deliver weed with the police department. And they're like, yeah, we know crazy world, you know, and that's just, anyway, that's just one on fleet moment that is so central, I believe to this cannabis story. And that's why, again, we're doing this because it's so authentic to what we're doing here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that growing, along with that authenticity and that hard work and the feature set has come with some very big customers. And if you're a fan of this show, I'm about to list off a bunch of names that you're going to know quite well. And Onfleet works as this like silent, masterful piece for them. In fact, so much so that we're not even sure they want us to talk about them on this show, but we're going to say it anyway and we'll figure it out later. Um, but True Leave. I mean, for my money, truly is the best cannabis company in the world. Um, they're the only one that I know that makes any money. Kim Rivers is a rock star. She, we're going to have her on this show. I've been working on it for two years. Yeah. This is going to be the precipice for how to get Kim Rivers on the show. I'm going <laughs> to, I will fly to Florida, Kim Rivers. Where's the camera? I will fly there. I will go there. Anyway, so True Leave, oh, phone. True Leave, uh, Kaliva, which we talked about already, which has become really big, really big. Um, Cure Leaf, another really big one. Med Men, of great controversy, but also a very big name. Uh, Harborside, enormous name. Uh, who else? Where? Uh, uh, there's more, but that's yeah. a good start, I think. Yeah. And then the partners, right? You, you, you are the go-to solution for all the other software companies in the industry. We're talking about Dutchie, we're talking about Jane, Meadow, the backbone of cannabis technology kind of runs on Onfleet. Yeah, as far as logistics go, uh, you know, we have been uh, highly strategic when it comes to understanding who's in the space, uh, how their product uh, can integrate with ours, and uh, ensuring that we have, you know, compatible best-in-class offerings. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, you know, we, and that's where our API and various integrations and and really just... uh, a constant support for all of these actions, uh, you know, um, has really made a big difference. Big difference, big difference. And it, and it's the, it's the self-awareness. It's the consciousness. I've been in these meetings. I only understood maybe half of it, but I've been in these meetings where you guys decide what should be built and what should not be built. And it's a very, very precise effort. Mm-hmm. Um, it's based on potential revenue and, loyalty of customer and all these different factors a lot of research now. a lot of research yeah. right which we never had time to do before yeah um but that's why this product has turned into the go-to product for the cannabis industry it wasn't an accident mm-hmm. it was created that way yep yeah thinking about you know if you're dispatching for for many hours a day you know what do you what would we want that experience to be like mm-hmm. uh from you know the color of our map to you know whether our icons are more 3D or flat, uh, you know, to how our product operates and running on, you know, low-powered computers and stuff like that. Yes, yes. Um, I think we also haven't touched on this, but very, very important part of OnFleet versus competitors is is the design. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a very design-first type product. Yeah. It's anyone can use it. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. anyone can use we, it. Our first employee ever was a designer. Uh Who's that? Who's a dear friend of mine? And, uh, and the yeah. next designer is also a dear friend of ours. Uh, and uh, we now have an amazing design and UX team. Yep. Um, How many on that team now? Uh, I think there are three folks. Oh my and God. we're hiring uh, a fourth. You guys have grown um, like crazy. How many employees now? 
I think we're over 70 at this point. Wow. I think I was five or six. So yeah. that's wild for me. It's, uh, yep. Yeah. And it's, uh, a lot of it has happened since, since COVID started. Uh, you know, I think we've more than doubled in size. So. Talk to me a little bit about that, about building a team, raising money, mm-hmm. building a team all in this year, in this COVID <laughs> year. Obviously, it's been great for your business, right? Yeah, yeah. But sort of the operational portions have been challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, even before the pandemic, we we had a remote team. Mm-hmm. You know, I had engineers in Europe, uh, you know, QA in South America. Um, but we didn't have a choice after COVID, obviously. And so we just continue to do those things and to do them even better and to pay more attention to what it looks like to, uh, you know, recruit and retain uh, global talent, mm-hmm. you know, how to best pay them, uh, you know, in compliant ways and um, make them, uh, you know, as close to uh, the full-time employee experience in the U.S. as we can. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. Uh, a lot of it is also just 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 talking to folks more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we're still doing that. Uh, we we now have folks in Canada, all over the U.S., you know, Europe and, and, and beyond. Um, and as we prepare to come back to the office for, for folks that are in the Bay Area, uh, you know, we're going to continue to hire globally. Uh, and, and we can't wait until folks can uh, can fly back. And, yeah. Uh, you know. I mean, it's so nice to be here. You have a beautiful office in San Francisco and we're going to take some B-roll and you'll be able to see it throughout the episode. And I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with Lonfleet. So you'll see plenty of the office, but it's so gorgeous in downtown San Francisco. And it almost feels like we're in an old Western right now. Like it's kind of, there's tumbleweeds rolling through <laughs> the office currently. Yeah. And it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah I've been coming in every couple of weeks, you mm-hmm. know, through the pandemic at the mail and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, it's, um, it's been intense uh, mm-hmm. to to think about the, the times we had here and the times we will have, but uh, but we're almost there. But everything balances out. You want to talk about you know there's winners and losers and everything in the pandemic in the COVID era. First of all, the fact that cannabis was deemed essential by all these states that's a remarkable moment for me personally. Yeah. And then second of all, no one wants to go to the store. Yeah. So delivery became this huge portion. And I know it did for the bulk of your business, but just in the cannabis industry, that combination, right. Of people staying home, wanting to be high, you know, all these things like it's a really amazing place for you. And I know you guys didn't foresee this. Nobody foresaw yeah. COVID, but it has turned out quite well. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, delivery volumes are through the roof. I, I can't say that we really knew what was going to happen yeah. even until, you know, like mid-May or something like that. But but it was clear at that point that... Do you have um, any data, top of mind, how, like, year-over-year growth? I'd say, you know, delivery volume is, is, is probably double. Doubled. Uh, you know, I would say... That's remarkable. Uh, yeah. And how about in the cannabis industry? Any idea from... From your deliveries, I know you guys do those reports. Sometimes. Yeah, really yeah, cool. It's coming like, up on know, the Super Bowl uh, or 420, yeah, like we're deliveries. A week away yeah. from 420, so yeah. I'm sure we're going to put out some. Well, uh, this is going to come out on 420. Some good data. So yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. Well, um, we can get you that th- those numbers, but I, I I would imagine we'll put it right here. We'll put the yeah. data like right here. Yeah, I would imagine it's uh, it probably has more than doubled. Also, as we have just more customers in, in more jurisdictions, you know, Canada has to be yeah. to yeah. Uh, you know uh, make delivery easier. Yeah. Uh, you know, perhaps something that they didn't consider initially when, uh, you know, they legalized. But now it's we're starting to see more and more delivery in Canada, which yeah, is very exciting. Absolutely. Crazy, crazy situation in Canada. Yeah. They had a great run. Now the U.S. is here and... Yeah. 
anyway. I love they're, Canada, but yeah, so do I. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get it together, but they they they're applying some of the old ways from the way that distribute liquor uh, to cannabis, mm-hmm. and I think uh, they're very wrong to do that. Uh, I'm uh, obviously happy for them to to continue to collect all the taxes they want, but they really have to make it easier. Uh, and I don't believe the government should be the one placing the purchases, frankly. Uh, <laughs> and the idea that you get it in the mail, like that's that's what? yeah, I think that's, that's wild that's for a, U.S. A consumers. Right yeah. It is a flex, yeah, absolutely <laughs> wild, yeah. wild, wild. I want to shift gears here a little bit. Talk about the man behind the business, behind the technology here. Like I said, OnFleet is such an authentic part of the cannabis industry. And the reason for that is the founders are a very authentic part of the cannabis industry. I want to talk a little bit back to your childhood in Spain. I want to talk about Dubai. (laughs) I want to talk about coming to the U.S. and eventually where we are today. Because there's a very consistent narrative here of Mikel being in places where Maybe you're not supposed to like weed, <laughs> but for Mikel, he knew better. And dare I say it, you were on the right side of history, my friend, as was I, but this shows about you. <laughs> and tell me about that, that pull, that juxtaposition at a young age in Spain. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I, I attended this, uh, this all boys, uh, you know, uh, ultra Catholic school, uh, fun, which, uh, <laughs> you know, was, uh, was an experience in and of itself. You know, I, I kept busy, you know, good grades, basketball team, you know, did some fishing here and there, but, uh, obviously in Spain, uh, sooner or later, you are going to stumble upon, um, some Moroccan hash, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> whether you want to or not. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, um, it was a fine product uh as a as a teen uh but then we moved you know and uh obviously uh uh to a country where uh you know cannabis, and was it uh, in a in a cigarette in a spliff what how were you smoking? so so you know you would uh you would kind of just roll it in class you know mm. uh, like under the table kind of thing you with know? tobacco or uh, so you would stick it in a cigarette yeah uh-huh. but you wanted to have a like a long and thin stick okay yeah and that would um improve the cigarette experience uh, sure. significantly uh so that's uh that's how that started um you know which unfortunately i, I did get into cigarettes a little bit but i i put that behind me mm-hmm. many years ago mm-hmm. uh and then in Dubai, of course, you know, it's this whole shisha situation, right? Clearly, there's a lot of smoking, but... Why did you go to Dubai? Tell me that story a little bit, because it's not that normal, right? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say so, but my uh, my father was working there mm. uh, for many years. What was he doing? Uh, he was working in oil and gas. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there was an opportunity for the family to move and, and, and kind of be, be together there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was pretty unique, and, and that's the journey we embarked on. And it was really cool. I mean, I uh, I got a huge upgrade as far as the the school goes because I was no longer dealing with uh, an all boys Catholic situation. Girls. Exactly, amazing. Uh, and it was you know it was it was an American school and you know very different style. You know? So you're 15. Yeah, was that when you went to? Yeah, roughly, you're 15. Yeah, I, I moved. I started 10th grade there. And oh, okay, 15, 16, something like that. And you land in Dubai. Very hot place when what? I first landed. I remember that's your first thought. It's like, hot. wow, my glasses were all steamed up yeah. as soon as I got out of the plane. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm lucky enough. I have been to Dubai just for a couple of days, but yeah. I've been to Dubai. It is overwhelming. Yeah, it is now. At the time, 
you know, it wasn't what it is today. But this for is me, twenty years for ago, me, or moving so, right? from yeah. northern Spain to there was still like wow, wild. What's going on? And so young Mikel likes hash, <laughs> and he lands in Dubai, and you immediately seek it out, or uh, no. Because no, no, it's no. very like yeah, yeah, I bring weed everywhere. I yeah. do not bring it to Dubai. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's 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 you know like they kill you. Yeah, exactly. They flog yeah. you. Whatever. You need uh you know if you haven't been on Weeby High the website you should uh, before you travel. Okay. Uh, just to, just to get a get a sense for. But for real, like don't bring a vape cart. Don't try do anything. Not. Like do not. Yeah. If you like your freedom, no, uh, don't fuck around. No uh, sublingual me. strips. No, nothing, know? nothing. Yeah, I told my parents when we went, don't bring your CBD topical. Nothing. Nothing. Um, maybe it'll change. You know, uh, it will I, change. You know, at some point, I yeah. think uh, the people there ought to have a say uh, before that can happen, and so that should be the priority uh, for the people to have a say. But um, you know, uh, yeah. So I, um, you know, I was smoking a lot of shisha, basically. <laughs> you know, all different flavors. You know. Shisha and hummus. So like hookah? My, like hookah? Yeah, yeah. And hookah. then you would put a little hashish in it? Well, you know, th- that is uh, that would be an option if you had, uh, you know, the product uh, available. Um, uh, neighboring countries uh, make it a little bit easier uh, to access uh, these products. Uh, Oman comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the UAE, obviously, um, you know, is um, it's not as easy. So, um so that it's, it, it then becomes, um, you know, it really heightens your desire to consume cannabis when you travel outside. Uh, you know, if you're going Lebanon, Oman, or if you're going back to Europe. Why is it that cannabis is so much better when it's like you're kind of not supposed to have it? Yeah. Why is everything like that in yeah, life? You know? it in. It's kind of uh, like when someone buys you lunch, it tastes better. Yeah. Why is that? It's funny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just part of the experience. I remember, part of the experience. you know... Uh, in school in spain right like uh, so you're buying illegal hash and putting it in cigarettes in high school yeah, in yeah there's the, the teachers right i mean and do you get in trouble do you have a moment where it's iffy or no 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 i mean no. very stealthy yeah yeah, yeah. Very i stealthy. mean you know at the time i think you know uh us kids thought that we owned the city kind of thing and so there's a lot of foolish behavior but uh you know, uh, we were all fine. We're all all right. There, I, I know of people that, that have gotten into trouble, but no one close me too. to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we kept it smart then and we're keeping it smart today. Got it. So, so you go through the Dubai experience. And at that time, how much cannabis, you know, are you a regular smoker? Is it hard to get no, a hold of? No, or? I wasn't. No. I, I, was, uh, I would travel <laughs> with some, uh, some dear friends. I have a really good friend. Uh, who's a, a fellow cannabis enthusiast, uh, my Palestinian friend. Uh, and, uh, you know, we would travel to, to, to get it uh, in, in other places. Um, and uh, and then we graduated high school and then we each went on to, uh, you know. Uh, and you went to Canada? Uh, That's yeah, when you so went I went to, to Canada? Spain for a year. Okay. Uh, trying to figure that out. Do I want to stay in Spain? Do I want to go to Canada? Ate all the canned fish there. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. That's, that's my other passion. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then, yeah, I went to Canada for university, basically East Coast. So mm-hmm. obviously uh, also a, uh, a cannabis uh, forward. Yes. Destination. Cannabis forward. I like that. <laughs> um, okay. So fast forward a little bit. We're in San Francisco, which I still think is the weed capital of the world. A lot of people like to say Amsterdam, yeah. other, you know, there's a whole bunch of different arguments. Uh, people say LA, I, yeah. I guess, but like, this is as good as any. As far I, as I'm I mean, concerned. I honestly, I had visited California before, 
you know, I, my, my friend uh, went to UCLA and I would visit him. And, uh, and so that's where I had my introduction to California cannabis mm -hmm. in the medical days. Um, this is what year? This, uh, so I graduated college in 09, so I would have visited him probably 06, 07, mm -hmm. you know, or 07, 08. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I was like, wow, this is, this is real. I mean, this is much better than, uh, and you got that. your recommendation, like, you know, and yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait yeah. is, is this really a green card? Right. It? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, and then I ended up moving here, uh, to start on fleet, uh, in 2012. Uh, so I, I initially uh, came uh, just to visit the boys uh, on campus at Stanford, and um, and I ended up uh, staying. Staying, <laughs> yeah. and the rest is on fleet history. Um, so let's go to present day here. We have we are so lucky to live in a place. We both live in California. There are so many products and brands and awesome ways to express yourself as as a cannabis enthusiast. And I know you are. Among the largest. <laughs> so without being biased or no one's paying us to do this or anything, no. what brands do you like? What products do you like? You know, pre-rolls, vapes, dabs, whatever. What are you yeah. into? Edibles, beverages? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a lot of products out there. Uh, sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming, but I do find myself browsing uh, online, you know, uh, on Sava usually uh, at the latest Sava drops. shout out Sava yeah shout out to them um, you know I I have always loved chemistry products as you know uh, you know I've had the pleasure of uh, visiting with them uh, and uh, you know their tinctures I think are are uh, you know my absolute favorite world class yep yeah um, you know I uh, as far as you know flowers I've been getting into all sorts of different infused pre rolls and whatnot. Um, you know, I've been enjoying not infused pure beauty. You know, those tiny boxes. Pure beauty's great. Yeah, pure are, beauty's great. We got to get them on the show. Been working on that, and I like the baby teeters a lot yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, beyond that, I've always really loved the Nug uh, pre rolls as well. The ones that come in the metal box. Mm -hmm, you know, they mm -hmm, still do. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I I just love the variety. I love going to different dispensaries. Uh, you know, I live in uh, in Alameda now, and there's two of them. Uh, Moon and Marin, where there's going to be a lot of delivery um, opportunities. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, uh, vet CBD, you know, for one of our cats who's mm -hmm. very anxious. Mm -hmm. uh, Level, uh, I think, has great products. I love um, all how they can se they separate each cannabinoid. Well, no surprise, you've picked the very technology forward companies Absolutely. here. Chemistry and Level are on the cutting <laughs> edge of cannabis. Yeah. Both close companies to me, friends of mine. Um, they do things that are just, I think if you're watching this in Florida or in Oklahoma, you have no idea what's coming for you. THCA and V and CBN. And I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's like a whole nutraceutical daily vitamin routine. I have, uh, I have friends in Spain, of course, who are huge cannabis enthusiasts and they, they I, I blow their mind every time. Uh, you know, I talk Every about time. Yeah. the products that, that we have here. Um, and even people that have historically have not been into cannabis that are like, wow, like in, in, I, just all over the world, right? Folks that are like having to make their own uh, oils and stuff like that for medical reasons. I mean, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. But uh, here you just you just have everything. Right. And, and, and you know, sure, you know, we are the largest uh, market in the world, but 
you know, the opportunities are, are just endless. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see the variety in, in, in New York yes. State. You know? Yeah, no, because there's going to be a whole new group of other uh, brands and great products. Um, weed often gets compared to alcohol too closely, I think. But in this case, I think it is the truth. If you consider a cultivation to be like a vineyard, then going to different regions of the world going to be very exciting absolutely i mean right? I, I love wine uh, yeah <laughs> i love california wine and spanish wine yeah um and uh yeah i mean i think uh, cannabis tourism um I would is... love a good rioja right now oh. <laughs> fill me up yeah yeah i mean there's, there's also cannabis wine uh, there but... <laughs> is which i'm not a huge fan of but i guess it has its place yeah 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 right now it's a bit of a, a bit of an underground rebel thing, coast but... or there's a couple other ones but yeah. yeah so so you know i think spain has great potential uh, for growing amazing cannabis, uh, obviously in my home country, um, you know, I think the government believes in legalization. Obviously, it's been really busy uh, with the pandemic, but I'm hoping uh, the prime minister will uh, will make some moves here, in, you know, in, in say the next eight to twelve months. Because um, if this existing coalition in Spain cannot get it passed, uh, it will not happen for a long time. Right. And, and and if we do it, you know. Uh, countries like France, where cannabis is also huge, but they're still really stuck on, you know, how to obviously, you know, make it a legal thing. The UK as well. You know, we're in Germany, of course, we're seeing a lot of medical progress, uh, not just with cannabis, but with psychedelics as well, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, I'm also quite passionate about. But, um, you know, um, yeah, I'd love to go back to Spain and be able to experience this. The region I'm from, we actually have these clubs. Uh, so there's two regions uh, that have cannabis clubs. Uh, I'm from the West Country where we have them. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a member, um, but I've always been intrigued, you know. And if I lived there, certainly I, I And they're, they're not sanctioned by the government, obviously. These are like social clubs where you can buy weed. Yeah, I mean. They have Spain, those things in Oakland, too. Yeah, right? Spain is interesting when it comes to possession of drugs and stuff like that. You can actually, like, have it in your house and, like, consume it legally and stuff like that. You just I can't travel with it. Mm -hmm. Um so, so these clubs uh, provide some coverage for growing as a collective and like taking it home and stuff like that. Uh, so they have them in Catalonia. Uh, and that's how a lot of people that go to Barcelona and end up uh, getting high. They, they go see. to these clubs. Uh, I think in the best country, it's a bit harder. Uh, you can't just show up and become a member. Uh, but I'm glad that we have them. And, and I really hope that... Um, yeah, you know things will open up. Uh, well, well, Spain is becoming a, a very big uh, cannabis. They have Spanabis every year, you know, which mm -hmm. is the cannabis yep. conference in Spain, yep. which is a hilarious name. <laughs> I don't know if they had it this year or not. I don't think so. Yeah, but I've never been. I, I really need to go. I lived in Barcelona for six months. I actually haven't been back, so that's yeah. that's on my yeah, list. I was just there in September during COVID. Um, and yeah, there's huge cannabis vibes. Uh, huge. All around. Well, there always was <laughs> cannabis vibes. Like when I lived there yeah. in 2008, people were growing weed on their yeah. terraces and stuff for sure. Yeah. But but that's also Spain. It's a very permissive Yeah, culture, absolutely. You know? we, we don't really care too much about uh, drug enforcement, frankly. As you, as you should not. Yeah, absolutely. It gives a shit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, look, we've come so far. But we have so much further to go still. And I think that can't be understated. Um, I know you're a very politically minded individual. <laughs> For purposes of this conversation, let's just talk about weed politics. Yeah. Our friend Joey 
in office right now is doing some very sketchy things. In my opinion, we should already have a safe banking act. We should already have a decriminalization on the books, short of full legalization, fine. But this dude fires his staff. Did you hear this story? He fired two or three of his staff because they smoked weed. Yes, I did. I did hear the story. I, I mean, I thought it was absolutely pathetic. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, with President Obama, you know, we, we probably had uh, a, lot more, a lot more tolerance. But ultimately, you know, who cares about the policies of the White House, right? Like, they, he can do whatever he wants. Uh, I, think, I think drug testing is, is always silly. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot that I hope he will do. Uh, you know, he has not made it a priority as part of the infrastructure plan. Uh, I realize it's its own thing. Uh, I think we have uh, really good momentum. Uh, he seemingly doesn't care. And yeah. I guess we shouldn't be He's surprised. He's not going to legalize it, though. He, he, he will decrim, hopefully, maybe in his last year. I, actually, looking at his background... The very little he said about cannabis thus far, I think it's more likely he does nothing. Yeah, I think the vice president is a great deal. I think she uh, she is uh, very good on cannabis. Well, she's she's empathetic to the war on drugs, no question, and and what that did to African Americans, absolutely, minorities in general. Um, But yeah, I don't think Joey cares. And so, as far as the cannabis industry is concerned, you know, it's some good and some bad. That means you know progress is not going to be stopped, but I don't think we're going to get the sweeping legalization that we really are looking for. I don't. No, probably not. And and we'll see. You know who 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 if he only does one term. You know and and what happens there. But um, the momentum is unstoppable. I mean, we've seen what's happening. What happened in Mexico. Uh, you know, and uh, what's happening across Latin America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know. I I really in Argentina and Colombia and other places. Um. But yeah, it is it is still difficult even to service the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we we sell software to the industry. Uh, we don't really touch anything else in any way. Uh, yet we have interesting challenges challenges ahead of us um, from various regulations yeah. uh, that, that, you know, make it harder for us to service the industry. Um, and, and, uh, and are you, this is a delicate question. Onfleet has a lot to gain from states and countries allowing delivery of cannabis. Have you guys gotten to that point? Do you think about lobbying and having sure. somebody do yeah, that kind of yeah. stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah, but you've right got now. a full-time job, man. No, I mean, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, I think I think there will be a time when we need to do more, mm-hmm. uh, and we will do it um, you know, as a, as a group mm-hmm. uh, with other interested parties. Uh, but yes, uh, you're absolutely right that Delivery is its own thing when it comes to what's allowed and how it ought to be conducted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we we need for delivery to to exist and to be healthy. And we believe, you know, it's 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 something that is beneficial for consumers, uh, for counties, uh, and for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you can take the moral or political uh, connotations out of it. How do most people get stuff in the world? They order from Amazon. Like delivery is it. It's today. And the idea that there's some places that are going to disallow or ban cannabis delivery is preposterous to me. It really is. It's offensive. It's offensive to me. I mean, it's it's absolutely outrageous. I think, um, you know, a lot of these places are coming at it from what they've done with liquor Mm -hmm. and and trying to, you know, equalize it. 
Uh, but that's that's we can't be thinking that way. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to think uh, in progressive ways uh, when it comes to what's possible here. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Well, this has been super fun, man. Um, like I said, we have come a long way, and sitting in this office and talking to you is like really deja vu for me. <laughs> uh, I really mean it. I don't think um, that this show, especially to the extent that it has, would exist without you guys. And I'm I'm so appreciative for that. I really am. Um, how can we help you? How can the audience help you? Are you hiring for something right now? Absolutely. Is there a partner, a customer, someone you want to target? Yeah. However, whatever you want to plug. Do you, yeah. 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 So, you know, we're always hiring. Uh, I mean, especially on the engineering front. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's one of my uh, primary functions uh, at Allfleet. Uh, in addition to that, obviously, we're always looking for new partners in the cannabis space, you know, new integrations. If you are delivering... Uh, and you want the best product for your cannabis delivery business, uh, come check it out, you know, sign up for a trial. You know, you can do it yourself, uh, 14 days, uh, no risk, no credit card. Charges. It's free, uh, free yeah, trial, yeah, 14 nothing, days. Nothing weird. We covered telephony costs, all that. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, if you have a cool product in the cannabis space that is used by folks who are delivering that you think should integrate well, well with OnSleep, please reach out. We have a partnerships, uh, team, uh, our director. Uh, is uh, is a very cannabis uh, knowledgeable person. He's going to be on the show tomorrow. Yeah. His and name is Robert. Yes. And uh, he is very knowledgeable and qualified, but I will also say that I'm available. And if anybody wants to talk to me, obviously I know about OnFleet. And um, yeah, absolutely. Um, the idea here is to create open, honest conversations about how people can yeah. better their business. Yeah, don't use a product that, that is going to, force you to not disclose who you are. That's gonna uh, perpetuate mm -hmm. prohibition mm -hmm. on you mm -hmm. as you deliver. Yeah. Uh, choose a partner that that is gonna be so proud of what you're doing. And aligned um, with your values. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's very well said. I think that's very, very well said. Honestly, man, I just feel so lucky to live in a time where this is possible. I mean, if you think about the way biology works, you and I could have been born any time in any place. It's really, it comes down to the sperm lottery, if we're being real. And you and I both hit the sperm lottery. And the fact that we live in California in a time of revolution, that, that's what this is for me, is a cannabis revolution. It is. I, I don't like alcohol that much. It's okay. But the idea that I'm growing up in a time where the business and cultural and all those ideas are coming at the same time for cannabis, I know it means a lot for you too. And that's why I'm bringing it up because I, I just think it's so special. Absolutely. And to to for us to be able to go beyond smoking, right? And yes. Just, uh, making sure that people understand that there's so much more to cannabis than smoking, so much more to it than just getting high, um, or you know, getting the munchies. And uh, you know, the way uh, you know it has helped me through many challenges, uh, and you know, it's helping me today, and it helps so many friends and, and loved ones. Um, you know, for more of the world to be able to enjoy that. In, in more unique ways and for the business opportunity that exists within that for all of these entrepreneurs uh, to be able to, to go to market with so many cool products and, and services, uh, I think is, is huge. I, I hope the country will do the right thing uh, as uh, states continue to legalize uh, and ultimately, you know, Europe and, and the rest of the world because, uh, you know, this is not going to stop. It's not going to stop.
I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any, man. This was really fun. Thank you yes. so much for doing this. It's well overdue uh, and a real pleasure. And thank you guys for watching. We'll see you next time. Thank you.